Welcome to Reboot for Connection, the podcast dedicated to understanding connection at work. This is where we talk to leaders, communications professionals, and other subject matter experts about how organizations are now intentional about designing for connection in the workplace. Real connection to people, mission, and the work itself. We explore what can be achieved when this is approached as a strategic initiative. My name is Jürgen Abo, and this podcast is brought to you by ScreenCloud. Now, let's get into the good stuff. LinkedIn has become such an interesting place, and our guest today is someone I probably wouldn't be chatting with if it wasn't for that platform. Um, a true LinkedIn champ, I would say, not only her personally, but her company as well. Uh, it's really exciting. You guys are doing so much around connection, and we're excited to have you here. Tara, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no, this is fun. This is really, really fun. So I just want to say thank you for being a very kind, generous, and approachable person on this platform, LinkedIn. Um, you have helped us in the past, and uh, we are we're grateful for you joining us. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm like, hey, if we can't be approachable, then why are we here? You know, in my opinion, that's what it's all about. So I really appreciate connecting with you and following up from our conversations months ago. So this is really fun for me. Awesome. Cool. So Gravy has obviously blown up quite a bit on LinkedIn. And I'm curious about the company's approach, your CEO Casey's approach, and your approach. Are they all the same? Are they a little bit different? Like, how are you thinking about how you've gone about getting serious about connecting on LinkedIn? Oh yeah, it has been such a ride. I mean, the cool thing is I feel like we're coming up right on about a year when this whole LinkedIn thing started. So I've been with Gravy a little over two years now, but it was about a year ago. I'm thinking last November, maybe even last October, where Casey came to just us as a company, a much smaller company at that point, um, our team, and it's just like, holy smokes, you know, I found a honey hole. I had no idea LinkedIn was what LinkedIn was. Of course, to paraphrase, just a journey that he went through. And it turns out that um, he had gone on to LinkedIn. He's told the story. It's so hysterical. Um, I think, honestly, to like cancel his account or something, you know, like he just went using it. And uh, at that point, I think he was thinking like most people, like I thought personally, hey, LinkedIn is a place that you go if you, you know, want to find a job or you want to connect with someone about a job or recruit someone or, you know, it was so just one dimensional in our brain. And the way he tells the story, he logged on um, and saw a post, saw content from Sarah Brazier, who is of course uh, super well-known and as she should be and just super engaging. And he saw like thousands of, you know, likes and engagements and was like, wow, is this like instrument? Like, what is this? Is she some big, you know, a CEO taught like all these things he had. And so he shot her a message. And as the story goes, she like responded and you know, she's like, Hey, I'm an SDR. I'm doing my thing. And that literally kind of like knocked the, his socks off. <laughs> and He's like, I can't believe I've missed this and what has been going on in the LinkedIn world. And so he dove in as Casey does two feet first and just really uh, started giving, started writing, started engaging, started connecting. And um, from that was birthed pretty much everything that you've seen that most people have seen since. But um, it's really only been, I would say a year for Casey. And then for most of us, it has been way less than that. So that's essentially how he started. And then um, my journey started in a little bit of a start and stop way. Um, do you want me to go into that a little bit? Yeah. So, yeah. So my, so as I'm watching him, I actually connected with Sarah because at the time I was starting our SDR department um, by myself, as most startups do, you just kind of get in and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's connect with her. And so to me, it really started as a, a place to connect and learn. So I literally just lurked on LinkedIn at that point. I think I logged in and was like, okay, I know like two people here. So I just started following people and I didn't engage. I didn't like try to post or anything. I just spent the first couple of months last fall just learning. Just literally, I would call it my mastermind in my pocket. I'd pull it up, short digestible posts of people just giving. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I can go out and yes, read all these books and take classes and go, and not that any of that's bad, you should. And you know, but for me, I was like, this is literally a master class 
every day of just little tips and little tweaks that I can learn and do and implement immediately. So I was hooked from like um, a user standpoint, like a lurker, you know, but it was really then that I started um, two people really come to mind for me that I started connecting with them, not on the platform as in um, engaging and putting out content, but just sending them messages and thanking them for how they were helping my journey. And that's um, Josh Braun and Marcus Chan. And they both messaged me back with videos and connected on such a personal level that I'm like, this is where it's at. <laughs> like, yes, there's great things on the platform, but there's so much that happens in, um, in just the personal connection side that I realized like, wow, I can really get behind uh, just giving more of my time here. So that was really last fall to the beginning of this year. And I even started making a few posts. I think it was in January. Um, you know, a little bit of start and stop. It's always so scary. You're just like, oh, you know, I want to go out and I want to put some of me out there. But then, as we know, um, the world kind of ended. <laughs> so COVID hit and I was like, okay, you know, things kind of just went off the rails a little bit. So I took a big step back with still connected, engaged with like the humans that I was, but I wasn't um, actively posting or actively putting out content. And um, then really after things settled into, I think a groove at the beginning of the summer, uh, Casey, uh, by this point, super active, super um, just giving of wisdom. And at, so I went from like, okay, I'm going to try little start and stop. I'm just going to kind of connect with people to, again, I'm going to watch and I'm going to see. And the relationships that he was forming, everything that he was learning, and then he would bring back and give to our team. Like it was incredible that I was like, I want that. Like I want to be learning and connecting and engaging and then ultimately giving back to our team. Uh, because there are just, I mean, everybody knows like, hey, there are so many brilliant people out there, so much content. And that doesn't mean like you have to be the CEO or the CFO. I mean, I learned from everybody who put something out. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready to, to kind of jump back in and, um, and start giving because that's really at the pillar of who gravy is period. But also our approach is I'm not going to go out and like start seeking to take or get or anything like that. But I just want to give of what little knowledge I maybe have that maybe helps someone or just my experience. So it was in June, I believe either late May or early June of this year that I really started saying like, okay, I'm going to commit to just post and just see what happens and learn as I go. So that's um, really the start. That's kind of how our journey started. And then since then, of course, we've learned a ton over this last year and then really over these last few months. So that's been kind of the beginning of our journey. Awesome to hear. Yeah, it's been fun to follow it from the sidelines and uh, great to hear you talk about it too, getting a little bit more of an inside look. Um, one thing that comes to mind for me, and especially since we're trying to, to really uncover what can create these kinds of connections inside companies is this interplay between internal and external, right? How maybe doing something externally might strengthen something internally and the other way around. Can you talk a little bit about how that's happening for Gravy? Yeah. So we always say that, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's like everybody's saying externally what we do internally. So it definitely goes both ways. So I think when you think about the um, internal to external view for us, it's just what everybody sees on LinkedIn. It's our Slack culture. It's how we communicate, how we talk. But I think externally, how it's really affected us internally, it really is the connections that we've made. It is the people, it is the learning, it is the, um, the advice and the wisdom that we get from putting ourselves out, from really turning, kind of turning that mirror inside and, and facing it out to people, but then also allowing what we're learning and what we're getting on the outside, so to speak, from outsiders and outside influences and outside voices and allowing that to shape who Gravy is internally while also keeping our North Stars. I mean, it's not like, hey, I learned this nugget, let's completely pivot our strategy or let's go. It's more, those are more tactical little tweaks and changes. But I really think what I love about um, just the ex internal and external change is really how it's shaping each other along the way, but specifically, for us, it has been our way of taking who Gravy is and the work that we have done internally and putting that out externally and testing things like 
throwing some ideas against the wall kind of to see what sticks and trying them there with LinkedIn with people who kind of already know us or like us and trust us and using that as almost like a test of like, hey, does this sound like a good idea? Should we do this? And people are like, no, that's terrible. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't. Um, or vice versa, where it's like really affirming of like, hey, this content is working or this product is something cool to try. So it's been, um, I think for us, just a neat almost playground or sandbox for us to try new ideas um, as well as bring the ideas that we're learning from just the amazing connections that we have and bringing them inside gravy and seeing, you know, from a team basis and individual basis, some of those things that are working as well. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. One thing that, that I keep thinking about around this is, you know, originally, yeah, LinkedIn was kind of about whenever you're looking for a job or something, right. And then it might have turned into, well, you know, I want to have a certain level of number of connections or, I want to have connections in my field, right? So we ended up going down this path, me in marketing, wanting to connect with a lot of other marketers and just feeling like, okay, we were connected. If there was ever anything to talk about, it's there. Now I think it's really interesting that, you know, I'm connecting with people that are very in very different roles than I am, right? And it's more connecting with interesting people rather than people from certain companies or people in certain roles. And I'm kind of picturing at gravy you know you guys so many of you are now connected with so many of us and it's this kind of random thing where like tons of people kind of know several of you guys and you now know that oh well you're you know this person on the outside is commenting on this stuff and I mean is there I don't know what the question is, but I, I just like to hear you, you talk about how that is internally, knowing that you have so many people from yourself to Casey, to patients, to everybody, right? That, and then so many of the same people are, are interacting with that. Like what, what's that like? Is that talked about? Is that, you know? Well, I mean, I think it's just, it shows the power of people who love to connect, you know, because the people who you do see regularly are people who are consistent on great, you know, on uh, LinkedIn. And so they're not just connecting on people that they find fascinating or connect with at Gravy, but you'll see each other on other people's posts. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, is that genuine? I'm like, no, it's because we're all kind of, I, I always say real, like real finds real, you know? So if we're connecting and engaging with almost the similar mindset of people, regardless of their role. I think you're right. I think we're just drawn to fascinating individuals because I don't honestly care if you work in sales development or you work in client success. Like if you're offering a really cool viewpoint about whatever it is that is in your life and that you've got um, just a, a, a platform and a voice and opinion on, then um, I want to read it. I want to engage with it. And I feel like that is what you see people connecting. They're not connecting with gravy. They're connecting with people in gravy. But the fascinating thing is, is that if we were just one off, like one person doing this at one company, and that's the majority of LinkedIn. Um, but the fact is that we're all kind of coming from the same company, which is what I think has really inspired notice and waves of like, wait a minute, you know, you guys are, and it's not like your company is like, you know, it's not like you work at Apple where there's 20,000 employees through whatever, like we have 56. You know? And so when you start to see several people come up, that's where you get noticed. And that's what really, um, I think Casey's heart is too, is just activating the people inside your brand. Because um, there was just such a great quote that uh, my, my homeboy Nate um, shared with us. And that was, it was basically like, um, if you let your team build their personal brand, um, then the brand gets a personality. So it is kind of fun how they serve each other. And another quote, um, MJ Peters, I know a lot of people follow her. She's amazing. But um, it was, she posted about like personal brand versus company brand. And if one person is super active on LinkedIn in a company, she said like, I'll know that person. But if five people or, you know, however many people are active, you're going to know the company. Because all of a sudden it becomes interesting. Because it's like, I'm used to like the one-off, but like, how is this, this team being activated and enough to where you're like, that's cool. Cause you're not just sharing a blog post or, you know, acting as almost a conduit of the company, but you're coming in as an individual and as a unique person. And, um, so when Casey kind of lays out, as we've talked about, um, you know, him kind of doing this, he didn't set out on day one being like, I have a LinkedIn strategy for gravy. It was very organic. 
And a lot of people are super interested in that. And I'm like, well, now we have a strategy, but we did not a year ago. It was more of like, let's just see how it works. But now he's very active in um, empowering our team members because we have grown like crazy and we want everybody to have a presence if they want. Like this is not a, um, this is not a have to, you know, and we talk about, our, I've talked about pods on LinkedIn and like, there's nothing wrong with them, but like ours really, it's not like a, um, there's never any have to, you know, but it's a, um, if you want to connect and you want to grow your brand, then um, like anything, Casey and all of us are going to be there to help if we have some experience, just like we would if you were new in sales and I'm going to help you become the best SDR that you want to be or anything else that I've got experience. Same thing with um, just building your brand on LinkedIn. And his other thing is we've got to add, you know, massive value, but then you've got to be real. You have got to be yourself. And if you kind of look at all of our posts side by side, you will see everybody has a unique voice. Nobody's trying to be someone they're not. And that where I, that's what I think is um, why you see people kind of being not attracted, but you know, showing up because on your post, on my post, on anybody's post is because you are a unique person who's adding value, being different and is there to be yourself and have your own voice and your own opinion. And not just, again, be kind of the cog of the company where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, hey, we're having a webinar tomorrow. It's like, yeah, sure, put that in. But um, what if you can tie that to like a really cool story or something like that? Like there's also, um, you can also, you should do your business, but um, you can do it in just cool strategic ways that also show who you are because who you are is who I'm drawn to more than what you do. Mm. Really well put. What, what comes up for me from all that is really that if you have a culture inside a company that encourages people to actually share who they are on a platform like LinkedIn and do it in the context of, yeah, I do work at this company. What you're effectively doing is you're encouraging people to bring their whole self to work, right? Which is what we want to do, which is not just a cool thing because there's all this talk about inclusion and diversity and all that. It's just fundamentally the right thing, right? Like too many of us have at some point felt like, we we're in some sort of job where either the outside world is suggesting that we shouldn't bring our whole selves or we just feel on the inside that like, yeah, I shouldn't really like bring all these viewpoints. But that is in so many ways, the foundation for real connection, right? Whether you think about that internally or externally. And so to me, it's like the, the craziest thing is companies, you know, suggesting that people shouldn't do these kinds of things right there's worry about personal brand or taking time or how to the, the more important part of the conversation is be you be real express that do it internally and externally who cares about where that line is even in 2020 certainly not beyond 2020 and so just just encourage that right don't force it don't push it just encourage it and people will feel like, oh, okay, this is a place where I get to be me. Is that, yes. like, I don't want to put anything in your mouth around that, but is it fair to say that that is felt at a company like Gravy where you guys encourage this so much? Yes, I am so glad you asked that. Just because like, I'm crazy passionate about this topic um, in general, <laughs> inside gravy, outside of gravy. And the really cool thing is, is that we have a unique advantage because this is also what we do. Like literally, this is our business, is the business of human engagement and the human connection and people being people. And you see that from not only our um, solution and the service and what we offer businesses, but you see it from the start of the business with our um, SDRs and that program that I started. Started, it was based 100% on connecting with people as people going completely against the grain. The funny thing about kind of my background is I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing when I just started out messaging people. But what I did know and what I do know is connecting with people. So all of our messaging, all of our connecting and engagement starts with this human to human um, being myself and being real. And yes, putting emojis and, you know, messaging and talking about people as people and 
not even mentioning me or what I do until you go down. Um, but that is something that I think is hallmark to what gravy does and who we are. But it really, it just starts with people. It starts with engagement and it starts with people being real. But if you even want to go one step like behind that is it really starts with hiring and culture, you know, cause I know not every company is like, well, I want to, I'd want to give them a microphone and put them up there. But for us, it's like, we hire for that. We hire for those traits and for not saying like, um, for like a stage presence or like, like nothing like that, but we hire for people to be real. And we want everybody, whether they're in our tech and in our data side, um, all the way to our sales team and marketing, you know, the client facing, the behind the scenes, everybody to feel like, you know what, I can show up and I can be fully myself. And that is not only welcome, but it's expected. It's encouraged. It's like, hey, I want you to be you and I want you, it takes time once you, you know, develop that, but we also have things in place um, at, with our culture and that starts that connection from day one with us and even before day one, which is really cool. And then that again is what will eventually be what overflows onto a platform like LinkedIn. So it's not like you wake up and people just jump out and they're just real and there's who I am. Um, it's something that actually started well before we're, we're even on LinkedIn and will hopefully continue, you know, I want to say well beyond LinkedIn, but um, even if someone leaves gravy and goes somewhere else. It really is awesome to hear you talk about this stuff, Tara. It's it's so uh, it's so important. It is. Um, You're a little passionate. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's funny with this whole um, you know bringing yourself. I mean, I know you're in Atlanta. All I really want to talk to you about is is rap music, honestly, because like that's the first thing that <laughs> comes to mind when I hear Atlanta. But uh, I'll I'll try to not not uh, waste the time. But you know, so I grew up in Norway, right? And in the '90s. I'm somehow getting exposed pre-internet to this wonderful world of, of rap music. And I'm getting exposed to like Outkast literally in 1994. Southern Playlistic. Yeah, Southern Playlistic Cadillac music, you know? And, and it's it's so funny because it's like, I mean, that was, that's, okay, I'm, I'm Yeah, old, we're dating right? ourselves. We're dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. So we're, I'm tracking one hundred percent. Any mentions of years in the nineties will be edited. Yeah, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. We, we were babies. Right? You know, we don't know when, you know, Goody Mob had their debut. Um anyway, so um no, but it, it's it's funny. That's just one small example, but it is funny how I think we've been conditioned since we entered the professional world, at least some of us who aren't like in our early 20s who've been around for a little bit to almost suppress some of the stuff that we actually care about, right? Whether that is something as like, like rap music or a cause or a point of view or whatever it is, right? We've kind of been conditioned. And I think the one thing that LinkedIn and, and a few other things are doing is breaking that down and saying like, no, 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 there, there's a way for us to come out in the right way, even in the context of being employed by company X, Y, or Z, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that that is, I mean, it, it's really been a change for me. And again, I think that be, because of the journey that I've been on, because I've been around the block for a minute and I actually started my career uh, when I went from um, sports journalism, worked for a newspaper to a publishing company that I still love, but I was an editor. So you can imagine the kind of emails and the kind of the way I was just kind of taught to communicate. And it's almost like I had to do years of um, just like deprogramming. <laughs> and oh, then you funny. get to a point in your life where you're like, I'm just gonna be me and we're gonna see what happens. And I'm okay with that, you know? And the crazy thing is, is that everything now, I think that's being taught just even in the messaging, that's again, like my other passion is just content and messaging and um, approaching what you write and your copy as a real human, that that's so in vogue now, but I didn't even know any better. I was just like, we're just gonna do it. And thankfully I work for a company that that is of value. And also nobody was had done it before. So I didn't like, 
you know, have to go in and follow, like I made up the playbook. So, so I know that that's not everybody's experience, but I also encourage people, no matter where you are, how can you add some of yourself in there? How can you add some of you? And that you can really play with on LinkedIn. Um, even if you cannot do that per se in your nine to five, you know, that is that LinkedIn really should be a playground for you to be able to kind of experiment with your voice, find your voice. If you've never found your voice, people are like, what does that mean to find your voice? Um, and I think it's just learning how to write in the way that you want to write and learning how to create content and the way you'd want to consume content. Like that's how I do it. I try to write like, what would I want to read? I am like deathly terrified of being boring. So I'm like, all right, let me try not to be boring. Sometimes we all write boring stuff, but um, that's how I approach just honestly creating content is, Hey, how can I be me and bring my heart? Um, how can I find my voice, but really how can I just, um, produce things in the way that I would want to consume them. And as sometimes that means dropping in a y'all or dropping in a yo or whatever, because I'm like, that's me. That's who I am. I'm not, I can be serious, but it's usually like, you know, with my kids, <laughs> but I try not to be overly serious in life. Like that's just not my personality. So I don't want to approach LinkedIn as an overly serious person. Um, but depending on, you know, the topics and the content. I, of course, it's like, I, I'm very serious about what I do, but I'm not very serious about the way in which I do it. Yeah. So for me, it's just all about being Southern playlistic, you know? <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> hey, um, so, so one thing zooming out a little bit from LinkedIn, um, but still kind of staying with, with Casey, your, um, your fearless leader, the CEO, okay. um, I imagine that there's so many things that you guys are picking up from him in this area of leadership and communication almost on a daily basis, because I'm seeing it even just from afar, right? I'm sitting here in LA, I'm watching you guys out there in the Southeast. I'm seeing, I'm seeing what's, what's kind of happening, but you guys are, are there. Uh, I was just curious around this topic of connection inside organization organizations, are there some things that really stand out that are lessons you will take with you kind of like forever that that's coming from Casey as to how to really lead in a way that optimizes for this kind of connection? Yes. <laughs> um, so pa Casey said this a, a ton of times that he's, he jokes that gravy is really a payment success company. Um, it's actually a, sorry, a leadership development company disguised as a payment success company <laughs> that that really is his heart. So if you sign on in any capacity and it's really cool because, um, part of my role too, is as I'm working with our referral partners and that is really allowing them a glimpse into this kind of access behind the curtains, which really is a leadership development company. I mean, we do, he does so much. He and Renee are co-founders um, from, I mean, my gosh, from inspiring a shared vision on Slack every day to our team meetings, which are really for inspiration, not information, uh, to our headquarters being on Slack. I could spend three hours alone talking about a Slack culture and how he has really um, en enabled that. And those are, and then our summits that we have twice a year where we all come together. You know, the inspiring shared vision is really the company connection. The team meetings where he is accessible, like this is something I'll harp on for bigger companies um, as we talk about it, but being accessible and having um, the heart of the founder continuously repeated. Um, that's our founder connection, having our headquarters on Slack and a culture of visibility where everybody has an equal seat at the table when you are on Slack. That's a personal and team connection. And then our summits um, really are all of them. It's the company connection. It's the founder connection. It's the personal individual and the team connection. So he has really, that's been more of the how he has elevated, but I would say the actual fundamentals that I'm taking with me kind of three of the big three of the big buckets that he's really poured into all of us but that resonate for me and just i think because of my um entrepreneurial spirit personality this is what i'll take away but i bet if you ask anybody on the team everybody will have something different just because there has been so much that he's poured into us but um developing an owner's intent has been one of those things that really resonates with me and that is um, running your role in your job. Yes, he speaks and he leads business owners in a way that just blows my mind. But what I have to remember is 
I'm my own business owner. You know, even if it's, I'm an individual contributor, I own my job, I own my role, I own my day, I own my KPIs. And so approaching that with a very clear vision on um, what, what do I want today to fit into? What's my intent? What, if I own my job, you know, what is, what is the end goal? And um, so his owner's intent for Gravy is to create a company where his adult children would choose to work at one day if they so choose. So every single hiring decision, um, you know, creation strategy, how he treats people on the way in, on the way out is firmly with his owner's intent of um, how would I want Darby engage his kids? How would I want their experience to be? So how we handle COVID, how he gave out, how he, we didn't, you know, cut, we didn't fire, we, we grew. All of that was birthed out of his owner's intent. So having a strong internal compass as to where I'm going. Um, but with that, having a clear and compelling vision for our life. He does this decade of destiny thing where we look out 10 years and break it down into quarters. So that's something that we just had um, in the last week that we do every three months and we pick out an area in our life to pour into and that it can be, you know, sure your work, it can be your finances, it can be your family, um, your health, your, you know, all of these buckets, but it's really the point is for the 90 days to focus on one bucket and get super, super clear based on this vision, vivid vision that you have for your life um, 10 years from now. So that's something that I struggle with personally. I'm like, I can get in the weeds and I can hit today, but don't ask me what I want five years from now because I don't know, you know? So he's really challenged me to get crystal clear because as we all know, things creep up. And, uh, but when you have that vision for your life and what you really want out of life, then every step that you take is just going to be another step on that road. So having that clarity. And then last but not least is the one we're talking about, which has been fascinating beyond belief, but it really is building your personal brand today. So you never have to have a resume again. So, um, and it's really taking control of your career. And it's, it just, I think people are, blown away like hey aren't you worried people are gonna leave and his response is always like well they're gonna leave anyway i'm gonna leave one day <laughs> like we're all gonna leave we may as well set them up um you know set everybody up to leave better than when they came in and this has been one of the most tangible ways i think that he has taught me is to really um, not only build my personal brand, but come alongside other people who want to do this as well and to give them that freedom and that control um, over their next steps if they so choose. Mm. Man, so much in there, but that that final part, you know, really comes down to are you playing offense or are you playing defense, right? And um, it, it just, it it's it's all about the offense there. It's all about, you know, realizing that the upside is just so far, so much greater than any potential downside to that kind of stuff. Um, on that note, um, I have a little uh, question for you. We have a marketing intern that just started here at ScreenCloud and she has, let's see, she has 44 connections on LinkedIn. She is, um, she is awesome. Her name is Vicky, by the way. Shout out to Vicky. It's going to be 45. I can't wait. Send me her profile. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So yeah, we're going to her up. <laughs> so what I'm going to, what I'm trying to talk to her about is how she can really, because um, as an intern, you know, she necessarily won't, won't really be, you know, with the company for forever. I mean, who knows, but um, it's really all about what can she learn? What can she take with her? What are the connections she can create? So you probably have a million kind of tips and best practices, but somebody who is finishing up a college degree, getting into this for the first time, not really knowing what to do on LinkedIn, Vicky, this one's for you. Um, what should she do? Is it just down to like finding her voice and starting to share um, is there some more nuance? What would you say? Yeah, that's super high level. I mean, it's like, okay, that's great. Find my voice. Where do I go? You know, so I, I tend to be um, very, I can be very high level in the clouds, but I like to dive in the weeds. I'm like, okay, well, this was what, this is what it means. And this is what it did not mean, <laughs> you know? So if it, I mean, there are practical tips. Number one, I would, I would suggest is go follow people and learn. Just take a minute to not even put the pressure on yourself, but like I have to produce content. I would assume most people, not probably not a Vicky, but a lot of people who really are 
like, how do I start this? How do I do? They're on LinkedIn already. So they're probably already learning and they're probably looking and saying again, like, I want that. Like I want, and for everybody, it's going to be different. I'm not talking about like, I want those vanity metrics. I mean, nobody puts a number, like numbers aren't emotional. People want what that means. They, they mean, I want connection. I want influence. I want my voice to be heard. I want, um, you know, a better, a better path out of my job or a better way into this company. Like I want a platform, you know? Um, and again, I want community and connection. I will always come back to that because I believe if you really peel back the, the layers of, I want greater income and I want greater impact. Um, there's always going to be, I want a greater connection and a greater voice and a greater influence, um, in my life. And that really comes down to, I want to connect with people. Uh, so that that's like the big vision, but what that looks like, I think just from a very practical is first, just take some time to, to figure out for her, who does she like? Who does she like to follow? What kind of content resonates with her? Does she like to make videos? Again, what I think about is I, I would love to write in a way that I want to consume. Again, if I don't want to read my own writing, and I'm not saying every single post that I put out is like, wow, this was a home run. Sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> I was feeling it at 8 a.m., but now I'm like, eh, you know, it's fine. But I always try to approach it that way. But first, before that, is I spent time, I was, I was saying last fall, just really learning from people and seeing. So that would be my first step. And then starting to comment, starting to engage. And that's how I think you can start to find your voice and your way of writing without doing the super scary, let me go make a big post and tag people and, you know, all the things. So uh, that's what I would just say is step one is, hey, just follow some people, um, comment, start engaging, start developing your network of just connecting with others and giving. And then once you're comfortable with that and start engaging, then I think you start to say, okay, where is my lane? Where do I want to post about? And not that you can't have 58 lanes, but start small. So if it's, hey, I'm a marketing intern, what does her day-to-day -day look like? What inside of marketing does she love to do? You know, maybe it's um, write a blog post or maybe it's, you know, reach out or do a customer story. So I would say share stories. So starting with a story that she learned and, and a way that it impacted her because people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about myself, but I'm like, you're the expert. Nobody else is an expert on you, but you not saying you have to grandstand, but right from your perspective, that's important. And honestly, that's the only thing that's unique that's left is just your perspective. So I would say no matter where you are, right? write stories, write from your perspective and start small, start with one thing. Um, and then as you go and you start to kind of get your feet under you and you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel comfortable. I'm engaging, uh, I'm writing, I'm writing a little bit more. Then I think you can really start to move, I think, into more of a strategic approach or a more of a holistic approach, which is just doing the practical tips. Like I keep a note on my phone and as things come in my brain, I will never remember it if I don't write it down. I'm telling you, you can think of like, oh my gosh, this crazy thing just happened. I wrote about it today of like an email that I got and it, it totally set me off. I was like, this is not for me. This is for someone else. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is imposter syndrome because it really was for me. And it was amazing. But my first thought was like, no way this is for me. Like this was a mistake. And so I put that note in my phone and um, wrote about it today, but I never would have thought about it past that day. So those are kind of some tips. Um, but the biggest thing is as you go, this is something that I am kind of crazy about that I'm not, I don't do it 1000% of the time, but I would like to say 98 to 99% of the time, um, I don't post and ghost. And again, I'm not saying if you've got 300 people you know, writing on your, giving you a comment, like, I'm not saying that, and this is zero judgment. For me personally, I love to return a comment. So I love to engage if someone comments. And that was something I started doing from like day one, you know, was just, if someone comments, I'm going to comment back, not a have to, but because that's my favorite part. So I'm like, all right, are we going to get the conversation going? I want to hear from you know, anybody and everybody. So as you start posting, one person leads comment. I don't care if it's your mom, <laughs> right back. Um, and then I would say, as you do that, 
this is the magic. You're going to start to build a community outside of LinkedIn. And I don't mean outside as in like, you know, your neighborhood kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> two of the biggest communities that I've found are Thursday Night Sales and Rev Genius. And that to me has been what has made LinkedIn sticky. So when you see a lot of the same people kind of on each other's posts, it's not like, oh gosh, there's a half two cents. It's gosh, now we feel an affinity and a connection toward these people because we're doing more than just showing up on a LinkedIn post. Um, we're developing community and connection off of LinkedIn. So if I leave Gravy tomorrow, guess what? I still have connections and friends and you know a community outside of that that has nothing to do with my influence in my company. Um, so I would say that building that community and then being yourself, being authentic, being um, bringing your voice, and then the, the practical tips of just keeping ideas running and um, responding to anybody who comments while you're also engaging and commenting on other people's posts and learning as you go. On behalf of Vicky and all the interns out there and all the other people who haven't embraced LinkedIn, uh, thank you. Thank you. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah, so as you were saying that, this idea of connection in the context of our professional lives, but outside of our job is really interesting because we think a lot about like, oh, being connected to our coworkers, being connected to the mission of the company we work for, you know, connected to our actual work, but also being connected just in the world uh, that our companies exist in. Um, and it's not just in that kind of classical way of like, well, I go to trade shows a couple of times a year and I, you know, shake some hands and have some drinks. It's actually, I'd argue, far more meaningful, the pockets that you find now and, and the, the sense of connection that we can have outside of our company, but that somehow spills over into how we feel about our actual jobs and our work lives, Right. So yeah. it's, just, it's just interesting, and, and I appreciate you bringing up those, those two examples. I think a lot of people are seeing that kind of side of it as almost the unexpected surprise of taking this stuff seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think of it twofold. I think, you know, when you think about um, being connected outside of just your job is going to actually make you more impactful in your job. I think that that just goes back to like, the health of individuals and community. You know, every study that you read is like the people who are the most fulfilled, um, not necessarily make the most money, but have the most meaningful relationships. And so it starts and it ends with people for me, but it's not even just there. It's, you know, pretty much every study that you read. And it also doesn't mean, hey, 30,000 connections is going to be someone who is more fulfilled than someone with three connections or 30 connections. It's really the nature and, and the strength and the meaningfulness behind those uh, relationships and those personality. Absolutely think it can work in work. Absolutely think it can work outside of work. And I think right now with COVID and with everything that we're all going through, the lines have been blurred more than ever. You know, that your work friends can be your real friends and your real friends can be your work friends or they can be completely separate and you can have totally separate um, communities and pockets of people who you talk work with, but maybe you don't actually work with or people that you do work with that you don't talk work with. You know, I think it's more about the, um, the again, the, the engagement and the connection and meaningfulness and the level of depth that you have with those connections where, I mean, gosh, how many connections are people that I feel truly like I'll bring up um, Christine Rogers. I feel like we are like, and a few others, Christine offensive. I mean, I could go on and on Amy Volus. I mean, people who I am like, I will run through a brick wall for you. And I have never physically met you in my life, but I am more connected to you than that person who maybe, you know, we went and had a drink with after work one day or something and talked about, you know, stuff. Um, that I do think that it, it really is something that we, we can take advantage of if we are intentional. And just as in a pre-COVID world as we can in a current COVID world and in, you know, God willing, a post-COVID world, that we will start to take these connections way more seriously, not just to do the show up and give a handshake and leave, but to truly show up, whether that's online, in person, whatever that looks like in the season that you're in. And that is going to lead to just more meaningful connections inside of work and outside of work, which are really going to bleed into your quality of life 
as a person, you know, as a mom, as a friend, as a dad, um, as a husband, you know, uh, as just someone outside of work, as well as, uh, you know, my, my role inside of work. I hope that both of them will lead to just a more fulfilled Tara, which means that I can actually show up um, in the ways that I can to connect with other people in the ways that they need it as well. So it's really one of those everything just kind of bleeds, but when you're looking to have meaningful connections, you're just going to be your best self no matter where you are. Yeah. You know, one thing I've found interesting is that, you know, connection is about shared values at perhaps the highest level, right? Shared worldviews, et cetera. I've found recently in, in recent job type of situations where you know, seeing somebody with a strong perspective on marketing, perhaps posting something really meaningfully and doing it in a very authentic way is something that I then end up talking to my actual colleagues about. And so it, it, we align on a certain view on marketing, let's say, because we're both following or connected to the same person. And so internally, there's these conversations about the con connections we're all having. Um, and finding the right ways to share all of that stuff um, mm -hmm. with the, the people we work with can be, can be really powerful. So there, there's so much there. We, we really could, it's the classic thing to say in any kind of conversation like this. Oh, I could talk to you about this all day, but like literally this, really <laughs> you know, days, but I wanted to switch also to this other uh, point about, you know, size and connection. So all else being equal, I um, think it's safe to say that it's easier for people inside a smaller, more startup-like organization to feel connected. And many of us have felt that, you know, as companies grow, it becomes harder to hold on to it. Or um, if we end up working in a really large company, it's just a different kind of feeling. There's a different level of connection to, to whether it's the purpose or whatever. Um, with Gravy being a small company, but also a growing company. And with plenty of you guys probably having experience from larger companies, how are you thinking about, two part question really, how are you thinking about maintaining the connections inside Gravy as the company grows? And in the same breath really, what are some of the recommendations you have for the larger companies that might be struggling with internal connection uh, just based on your own experience? Yeah. So, um, gosh, there's, there's, there's so much there. I would say tactically, this has been, um, a huge point for uh, specifically Erin Johnson and, and a really big undertaking. She's our director of human, um, she's a director of people and culture, uh, who are humans, but so we have put in just, I mean, I, I don't want to call them like safeguards, but that's really what it is because at Gravy, we do, we absolutely value our culture and who we are, um, before day one. And that means celebrating differences. It means so many things. We have five core values that uh, we really want people to know before they come in. And that is we build others up. We do what we say we'll do. We approach life with optimism. We take initiative and we don't take ourselves too seriously. So it really is that balance of like work and play. But how we do that is um, of course, before day one, they go through what we kind of call the gravy gauntlet and the hiring process. And that is, um, you know, no, no hiring process is 100% foolproof by any means, but I think with the, this, if no company hears anything else other than just the hiring advantage that you have when your people post um, in a meaningful way on LinkedIn and shows that, hey, you're real people, like that's attractive, that's magnetic, that's what I want. <laughs> I will never work for a company that does not allow me to be me ever again. You know, I'm like totally done, but you can start that now. So a lot of what we do really starts um, before gravy um, or day one. But um, once we have that buy-in, once you are on board, then um, from day one, I, I did this when I had a team, we didn't even talk about the how-tos, you know, how to do your job, anything like that. All we talked about was vision and mission and, and our core values and what this looks like and what it doesn't and just continue to get that buy-in again as we grow because it does have to start from the top but as we grow and as we get bigger um casey and renee have to feel comfortable handing that off to all of us to carry that flag as we go um so day one is all vision vision and mission and then constantly again like i was saying in our team meetings every single week reinforced um casey you know and renee all of them having a voice behind the vision 
and our mission and our values. Um, and then they also run for uh, every quarter. That's kind of like a cohort of anybody who was hired for one hour classes, kind of called the Gravy Kool-Aid. And that's where we really dive into the story, the why, the what, and it allows people to get to know each other and connect on a personal level. Because as we grow, I know it's like, okay, it's so easy to, si to get in silos and to get um, separated from, you know, it's just the heart, the farther you go, the bigger you get from that, that vision and that mission. But um, we're really adamant about maintaining as much as we can, um, you know, maintaining that, but doing it in very practical ways. So those are just some ways that Aaron has done a great job implementing. Um, but I will say if any big companies, you know, want to take that kind of style, but take it on a more, um, I guess probably a higher level, like these are three principles that I think every single company can learn into that if you just say, okay, what has gravy done? Well, yes, there's a Kool-Aid, there's a class, there's this or that, but the biggest things that I will say that have impacted uh, just our culture, our connections, the way that we communicate and the way that we uh, connect with each other is going to be number one, it's got to be from the top down. And I know that that's a super, um, everybody says it starts at the top, it starts at the top. What does that mean? That to me, if you're to put it into an actual practical example, it means as the founders, as the people who are waving the flag and saying, go, let's hit this revenue goal, let's do all that. You have also got to be the one who is visible and available. I'm not talking about if you've got 5,000 employees making a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not what I mean. I mean, showing up in a way, having those team meetings and having your face there. Casey does, he drops in Slack. I mean, probably three times a week, a voice note of just what's going on in his brain. He's just available and he's visible. And um, it's just got to be the one of those things to where if it's like, hey, the more visible I am as a leader, the more I feel, the more people are going to feel seen, you know, because they're seeing you make an effort to be seen. So they're going to make an effort to be seen as well. The other thing I would do is elevate internal connectors. And that is, you know, you hear about having ambassadors outside of your program like or outside of your um, walls, so to speak, like, hey, you know, be a gravy ambassador and go and make business and do all that. Well, what about inside your company? Who are the people that are looking Around. I'm not talking about HR. I'm talking about truly who are the connectors within your company that you can unofficially promote and say, hey, I really want you to guide some of the new people or to reach out or to connect or to, to continue to carry that flag of the culture of our values and our connections to make sure people feel heard, seen, connected. So who are your internal connectors? And then lastly, pour into your people. Pour into your people as much as you're going to pour into their development uh, to hit revenue targets, to actually have tangible skills. Pour into them as people. Ask who they are. Get to know them outside of just what they can produce for you. Who are they with you? And so I think when you have that, when you're a visible, you're available, you show, hey, I care. I give, you know, give a you know what about this place, um, that you are going to inspire a shared vision which there's nothing more powerful than when you get like, it's one thing, one person going up the mountain. It's another thing we've got a whole team going up the mountain together. And that starts and ends, I believe, with a strong connection from the founder top down and then resonating to everybody inside the company that ultimately is what you see on LinkedIn is leading outside the company, but because it was already present inside the company. Powerful, powerful. Thank you. That was, um, that was quite the way to wrap this up. I don't think we can end on a higher note. Um, thank you so much, uh, not only for showing up today, but for showing up really every day for all the people who are seeing what you're doing. Um, I can only imagine the excitement people inside Gravy feel around everything that you do. Um, but yeah, we really, really appreciate your perspective, your energy, and, and just how much you shared. Um, really, really good stuff today. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. It's my sincere hope you found something you can apply towards greater connection in your work life. If so, an honest review would certainly be welcomed. Reboot for Connection is brought to you by ScreenCloud. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we'd be honored if you subscribe to this one. You may also email us at reboot at screencloud.com with any reactions or ideas you might have for us. Hope to catch you again next time.